We went from deep concern over structural risks in Europe to a strong pound, strong euro, and a soft dollar here in the last 48 hours. Let's talk with Jeff Kleintop about what changed. He's the chief global investment strategist at Charles Schwab. Morning, Jeff. Just the man we want to see. Good morning. How are you doing, Oliver? I'm seeing a little bit of change of tone here in the two days so far this week, where in the weekend, all the swirl of conversation was about European structural risk. And now, lo and behold, we're going the other way. As stocks rally, the dollar drops, and it looks like some of the strength coming back into those foreign currencies. What do you make of it? Well, you know, I think investors were getting very concerned about the trajectory of the UK. The the concern was that look, this is a country that was now funding long-term structural deficit, unfunded longer-term structural deficits with all these tax cuts. Uh, at the same time, their their Brexit relationship has is you know worsened. Their their trade situations uh, gotten poor. Their inflation soaring. It almost looked like an emerging market crisis for the UK. But things have begun to turn around. Obviously. Uh, we've seen uh, some uh, rebound here in the pound on some of the maybe walking back of some of the tax cuts, but even more importantly, this direct action to address yields. What we saw was that uh, the, the UK stepped in, they actually lowered yields by about 50 basis points, basically monetizing the debt. Now, for an emerging market country, that would just add fuel to the fire. But instead, what we saw here was that uh, it actually lowered yields, and that put the UK in a better position, maybe on track towards um, uh, uh, you know an outlook that's going to correct some of the imbalances. Really important here in getting the UK back on a path towards sustainable growth. So I, I think that we've probably seen. I don't know if we've seen the worst of it, but I think we've seen the worst of the concerns over the budget situation in the UK as they attempted to moderate some of that plan and at the same time address some of these concerns of rising interest rates in a, in a country that's still heavily indebted. Okay, so the, the explosive move in their rates kind of looks like ours, now calming down a little bit. And I think mm -hmm. some of that fear was about the similarities between the situations over there and here, where even though it's a lot uh, more apparent dramatic and chaotic, there are certainly some overlaps, uh, tightening in an environment um, that uh, has some strange conflict with the fiscal side. Our Inflation Reduction Act, uh, arguably stimulative in nature. Uh, their tax cuts uh, obviously ruffled some feathers. Is there a, a good comparison uh, between the two, or uh, is it really their own uh, British specific problems, or should we see a little bit of overlap? Well, there there are a lot of similarities, as you point out. I, I guess one of the differences is that the UK, um, I, I guess, similar to the US, is you know a huge imbalance with regard to uh, uh, their they're very dependent on foreign capital. We are too, uh, in in that uh, we've got to draw a lot of money into treasuries, but uh, but businesses in the UK are very dependent upon that. And so when you start to see rates climb, you start to see money leave the country because of concerns about the pound. It really imperils businesses, and that's a little less true in the U.S. While we're very dependent upon foreign borrowing to 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 fund our deficits, not so much on the 
the business side. We've got a lot of capital here funding the corporate debt markets. Of course, we, we tap um, funds globally, but there's less of a concern about sort of a flight away from corporate debt in the U.S. and that imperiling uh, uh, any kind of growth there, or employment and that kind of thing. So maybe a little bit different, but certainly they're echoing themes, obviously, with regard to uh, structural budget deficits, uh, concerns about rates climbing. Uh, I guess the bigger difference is the U.S. currency has remained fairly strong thanks to uh, you know the, the, not only the central bank hiking rates, but this idea that when the world is looking for a safe haven, it often finds it in the dollar rather than the pound. Okay. Now, the um, earnings trajectory here remains quite different between the two, though. That's one uh, clear difference, it looks like, from the chart that you've got, U.S. Uh, versus earnings uh, in uh, the MSCI United Kingdom index. I mean, going the opposite way. Yeah, this is fascinating because with all the concerns over the UK, you wouldn't expect UK earnings growth to just continue to climb higher, even as uh, the US and other countries are seeing a decline here. One of the reasons is well, when you break down uh, the UK stock market, most of the sales, the currency that most sales are denominated in are dollars. 27% of sales of UK companies, UK stock listed companies, are in dollars. Only 19% are denominated in euros. Now, most costs are in euros. So you've got the currency that most sales are denominated in going up 20% this year. At the same time, the currency, the costs are denominated in has fallen this year. That's a recipe for margin expansion. So even as sales are falling in the UK, as they are everywhere right now, you're actually seeing greater margins there and, and continued rise in earnings expectations this year. Still looking at only 7% earnings growth for this year, but that's a lot better than what we're seeing uh, elsewhere. And again, it gets down to this issue of the UK being a big exporter and therefore actually benefiting from the strength in the dollar. Okay, so earnings trajectory looking a bit different, uh, but looking at the PMIs on a global basis and the economic trajectory in general, that here is pretty consistent. We still see softening numbers. Uh, yesterday's PMI here came in light, so this earnings start to contract on a global basis alongside PMIs. What's leading what here, Jeff? And have we seen this, uh, you know, uh, stagnation in the economy already, or is there more to go? How are you reading this chart? Yeah, so this is this is a big one for me. I, I pay a lot of attention to this. So this is the global manufacturing PMI, and it's a pretty good leading indicator for overall profits. This is looking at the the uh, uh, the the, the uh, orange line. There is that PMI, and it, by three months has historically, look all the way back, has led where profits head for the MSCI World Index. Remember about 66, 70% of the MSCI World Index are US companies. So this isn't just a global thing for Europe. This is the world and it definitely includes the US. So what you can see is it's pointing now to basically flat growth. The number we got for September, uh, just below 50 for the global PMI, suggests stagnation in growth uh, for quarterly profits for the next quarter. By the way, that's not what analysts are predicting, they're still looking at 5% or so year-over-year -year growth. So that's a potential disappointment. But even looking further out, the new orders component of the PMI index, for example, is suggesting that PMI is going to continue to head lower, as we often see in recessions, pulling earnings into negative territory, perhaps as we look out to Q4. So I am concerned as we get into next week and the bulk of the earnings reports, we might hear more downward guidance from business leaders. And while stock markets are rallying today on macro issues, 
issues maybe being lifted, the idea that maybe not as many rate hikes are coming. The downside is that that's because this economic traction has really started to catch here with earnings, and we're starting to see more earnings downside show up. So get prepared for some disappointments as we head through this earnings season. All right. There's Rob. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks a lot. As always, great charts. Thanks, Oliver. Jeff Kleintop, Chief Global Investment Strategist, and Charles Schwab.